1: I felt like a shell of myself. Mm -hmm. I was like, where did I go? Where did this, I'm from New York City, just kind of felt naturally sassy. There was a naturalness in my body, and yet I felt so disconnected from who I was as a woman and what I knew deep inside was possible Mm. for being a woman in this world. It's time to get up off your ass and do the work with women. Oh shit, I'm going to start a women's group out in my living room, and we're calling it the Pussy Power Posse. Whoa. (laughs) Simply to talk about our bodies, sexuality, and also how our spirit is connected with that. Sex and spirit are always connected. Mm-hmm. They're never not. And they're the same thing.
0: This is a Soul Fire production. Deborah Kagan is a speaker, author, mentor, and Mojo recovery specialist, supporting you to conquer self-doubt and indecision, to step into your full power, and live a turned-on life. She is the creator of Rock Your Mojo programs, And the author of Find Your Me Spot 52 Ways to Reclaim Your Confidence, Feel Good in Your Own Skin, and Live a Turned On Life. Deborah is also the host of the Real Undressed podcast. And I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. It is so, so juicy. Deborah, I am so thrilled you're here it was a pleasure to come on your show the real undressed and share about my experiences with polyamory and non monogamy mm-hmm. and now you're here and i'm just like so excited because i have so many things i want to ask you you've been working with women for so long mm-hmm. within your container of you know helping women with their mojo and the intersection of sex and spirituality on your podcast so i'm just going to start firing away <laughs> please
1: <laughs> cool. do it the way i like it <laughs>
0: okay great so What had you wanting to work with women in this way in the first place?
1: Well, honestly, it was from my own, quote, loss of mojo, Mm. which I don't even believe is possible at this point. It just feels like we lose our mojo. And so I was uh, at the end of a marriage and we were wonderful friends and everything was great, but we were not the right people for each other. Mm. And so we let that go. And this was um, 20, quite a while ago (laughs) at this point. I felt like a shell of myself. I was Mm -hmm. like, where did I go? Where did this, I'm from New York City, just kind of felt naturally sassy, you know, naturally in my, there was a naturalness in my body. And yet I felt so disconnected from who I was as a woman. And what I knew deep inside was possible Mm -hmm. for being a woman in this world. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I'm going to dedicate myself to learn and to study and to go find whoever I need to find to really get in my body, to get super confident and comfortable with being a juicy, alive, what I like to say, mojo licious woman who is free in all ways. Mm. And that's what I did. And ultimately, there was a moment in 2008 when I went to an event called V-Day, which was um, started by Eve Ensler. She wrote the Vagina Monologues. Yes. And yeah. uh, V-Day is her global mm-hmm. campaign to end violence towards women and girls. And that's very near and dear to my heart. It's um, something I experienced at, at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was going to the 10th anniversary in New Orleans. It was in the Superdome. And I remember walking in wearing my T-shirt that said, love your pussy. Yes. And I was just like, Oh, I'm so excited to be here. And, and there's, you know, a couple, 10, 20,000 people there. And I walked in. Huge superdome, and you walk in, by the way, the whole sports arena of the superdome, the entrance was decorated like a giant vulva. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> it was so good. And I'm like, okay, I'm walking into the mother dome, you know? Yes. And I literally got stopped, like beam me up Scotty moment in what I call, I have these shoves from above. Mm. And this was like a smack from above. And it just was like bong. And I just stopped in my tracks and I heard. It's time to get up off your ass and do the work with women. Wow. And I stood there almost frozen and I just looked up and I said, I don't know what the fuck you want me to do. And I'm listening. And so when I came home from that weekend, I sat, um, you probably know, and anyone who's in the LA area knows Earth Cafe. And so mm-hmm. I sat at Earth Cafe in Santa Monica on Main Street down the block from you know, my home. And, and I said, I had this thing over the weekend and oh my God, and I don't. And I said, oh shit, I'm going to start a women's group out in my living room. And we're calling it the Pussy Power Posse. Whoa. <laughs> the Pussy <laughs> Power Posse. Now, and this was 2008. Okay. So you can only imagine that name ultimately did not fly. Right? People were like, yeah. oh, pussy power posse. Mm-hmm. Now either it was very reactionary. Either people mm-hmm. loved it or they just didn't know what to do with it. They were it. triggered by it, right. resistant to it. Right. Maybe didn't want to identify with it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But that's how it started. You know, so it was really my journey first, learning the tools and really creating. A foundation and a platform of all the things that I really learned worked in in terms of like owning the Mojo. Mm. So then there was the moment in 2008 and ultimately it was a year and a half later where I created the Rock Your Mojo brand. And that's where it's, and that's really where it all began. And I shifted from Pussy Power Posse to Rock Your Mojo. So it was, it became accessible for women at that time Mm -hmm. because it was so reactionary that women were too afraid. They wanted it, but they just didn't know that it would be okay even to walk through that door.
0: Yes. And I want to, first of all, thank you for sharing your sort of the inception of your work so candidly in this way, because you're an amazing storyteller. And yeah, as someone who's also kind of started with women's circles in my living room, Mm -hmm. I'm curious what those first sessions were like and what those first, whether it was events or moon circles, like I'm not sure what you were
1: up to, but how were women coming in? What was their state? What were they looking for? Yeah, it's interesting because you just made me think of when I first came to LA twenty seven years ago. I started holding goddess circles mm-hmm. in friends' backyards. Right. So that was, I mean, the inception it even goes way, way, way yeah, back. We right. We have so much in is, yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And it's so beautiful to see it continue and shift and find mm-hmm. its own way in different you know, eras and generations and all the rest of it. Do you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Like in the evolution of women's movements, Yeah, you know, which this this is what Mm -hmm. excites me so much because it's like, I wasn't the first person who did this. You know, there's so many generations behind Mm -hmm. me and just standing on the shoulders of women who have been brave enough and bold enough to be saying, yes, this is what we need as women Mm -hmm. and what we deserve as women and what feels really good to us as women. So
0: yeah, I'm getting emotional just hearing you say that too. I just want you to know because I feel like it's an honor to do this work and sort of to carry it on and Mm -hmm. continue its blossoming.
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, me too. Me -hmm. too. So, back, you know, back in the living room days, yeah. um, you know, it was it, it, that at that moment, it was really kind of the genesis of what The Real Undressed, my podcast is about now. Mm-hmm. It was having a space for women to get together simply to talk about our bodies, sexuality, and also how our spirit is connected with that, because there really wasn't a place that to put that together. Mm -hmm. You know, just, it's been so separate for so long. Yeah. So fragmented. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so this, this is how it started. And it was one of the things that I'm very trained in is holding space. Mm -hmm. And so it was an opportunity and a gift just saying, here, women come, here's a space where we can have this dialogue. Here's a space where we can just put it in the circle and let's see what occurs. And they were looking for acceptance. Um, They were looking for, um, a doorway that said, okay, I can ask questions about my body, about sexuality, about, you know, how my uh, higher self might be even connected to this. Is it connected to this? Mm. A place to have the dialogue to be really undressed, you know, and stripped down in a way of, of, and not having shame, you know, having a safe space, to have to ask questions Mm -hmm. around these topics. And that's, you know, they were looking for acceptance and freedom ultimately. Yes.
0: That's what I find in so much of what I'm doing as well as just a place where women can feel Mm -hmm. seen and heard and know that it's okay. Mm -hmm. And other people are going through what they're going through.
1: Well, that's like the human condition, Mm -hmm. right? We all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. And we want to know that you know, we're valued and that there's a level of, I, I I see you. Yeah. Right. It's literally like the namaste principle, Mm
0: -hmm. you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I'm, I'm so curious about, because you talked about losing your, losing your mojo, Mm -hmm. right. And, and being in a marriage that was beautiful in some ways, Mm -hmm. but in other ways, not fulfilling. And I mean, I have my own theories, but what do you think? in your work with women and your experience as they come to you and, you know, you have this mentorship program, Rock Your Mojo, has women lose touch with their selves or their bodies or their mojo? And yeah. is it, do you see a lot of patterns or is it just different across the board for everybody?
1: Well, there are a lot of through lines mm-hmm. for sure. And the way that I talk about it, it's like, there's something I call the kinky life. mm mm-hmm. And it's not that kinky life because that one's really good. Yeah. (laughs) This is the kinky life where it's like the stuff that we go through between the ages of zero and 10. Okay. So we all experience some form of trauma, Mm -hmm. emotional, mental, physical, you know, spiritual even where those moments where we are feeling less than ourselves, where we're told we were wrong or bad or worse Mm -hmm. occurred. And in those moments, right, a part of our mojo, which is our life force. So mojo, life force, chi, ki, prana, whatever word I use the word mojo. Mm -hmm. So it's those moments when all of a sudden it's like the volume dial on the mojo turns down. Oh, okay. Wow. That was like a kink in my system. So anytime we experience those traumas, they're little kinks in our our neurobiological system. Mm -hmm. And when that happens repetitively, because once you have one kink, if it hasn't been smoothed out, that frequency, that energy pattern is going to continue to look for itself. Mm. And this is why we'll find, oh, you start dating the same kinds of people. You have similar experiences. You're like, why can't you know I attract a different... X, Y, or Z. It's because that kink is still in your neurobiology, mm-hmm. and without shifting that and smoothing that out, the frequency is looking for itself. Right, so it finds the same. So, you know, again, it's not a loss of mojo. It's simply that a kink gets created, mm-hmm. right, and so that that volume dial gets turned down. And when we begin to do some healing work, like the things that you do, you know, and that that you help women with, it's like those things allow your body to have a new experience. Mm -hmm. And that new experience creates the softening of this kink And creates a new neuro patterning. Yes. Right? Yes. I love this description. Yeah. So this is is the process Mm -hmm. of what occurs, at least in what I do with the women that I work with, is a shift in the embodiment in your own physical Mm -hmm. body so that the body has a new experience to create this new pattern energetically and release the kink. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I
0: love that explanation. I mean- I say it all the time, where there's only one thing, and we're all it, not as energy, yes, and just how you were explaining it is making me think of too, like a kink really just also stops the flow, yes. of energy. and so it's like we are likely so many of us, you said i I don't think it's possible to lose my you know it's my not. my lojo, my mojo, my connection, but it's actually just bottled up in these places and not flowing freely, yeah. It's like once we're fully expressed and flowing freely. It's like,
1: oh, this was here all along. Yeah, it's like a garden hose. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's, you just, the tap is on the water's there. But you know, when like garden hose gets like wrapped up on itself. And so then there's a kink in the hose Mm -hmm. and you do that thing that we've all done at some point. If you have a garden hose, you know, and like you're taking your arm and you're like, you know, trying to reel it. So it gets Mm unkinked and it's that bizarre looking thing that you do in your yard. And then, oh, oh, the water's flowing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's always there. It's always there. Wow. So, so beautiful. Mm. I have a question because
0: you talk so much about, um, well, at least in the couple of shows that I've listened to and I've gotten to dive into that I really loved, you talk a lot about the balance between masculine and feminine energy and like that yin and yang. Can you share a little bit about the importance in that? Mm, How much time do we have? (laughs) It's not been talked about yet on, on my show. And I'm obviously a huge, you know, I'm all about energy as well. And I think the way that you describe it is so beautiful Um, because I believe also we need to be in touch with both. Yes. And so can you go a little bit into like also how it's not, because I think so many people identify it as, you know, a man and a woman, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, it has to do with the sexuality, but It's really so fluid.
1: Yeah. So All right. So just like for, you know, definition's sake Mm -hmm. and sort of distinction. So male, female, gender,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? In in languaging, just in this conversation. Mm -hmm. And then masculine and feminine, two qualities of energy. Mm -hmm. So everything's energy. And we have two qualities of energy, masculine, feminine, yin, yang, Mm -hmm. which again, applies to everything. It applies to geography. New York City, again, my hometown. Very masculine, mm-hmm. tall structures, you know, penetrating the yeah. sky and down <laughs> it, you know, it's like streets are all grid-like. We're going this way mm-hmm. or this way. It's very distinctive, right? But then you go to Hawaii, yeah, and it's lush mm-hmm. and it's green and it's all like blooming and yeah. bursting and juices everywhere, and right? In the ocean, swaying, right? Exactly. A fertility dance Hello, happening at all times. Feminine, yeah. And then you come to L.A. And it's this beautiful blend of both, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So places, clothing, de- decor, mm-hmm. it, everything has masculine and or feminine energy, mm-hmm. including us, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, and if you, we're going to poll, there's not, I don't think there's an actual scientific poll about this. So please, you know, don't like, you know, at me and get mad at me. <laughs> yeah, but, we're just doing broad brush strokes. But yeah, broad yeah. brush strokes. <laughs> but the majority of Of humans in a female body, if you really ask them, the natural essence of the majority of energy running through the body is naturally more feminine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you speak to most humans in a male body, the natural energy that's running through those bodies is more of masculine energy. Mm -hmm. Now, again, we have both and we need both. So, masculine energy directed A to B, get things done, very linear, right? Again, penetrating, important. You couldn't do all the amazing things that you've done in your life with all of the work that you've shared without utilizing your masculine energy. For sure. Let's be clear about that, right? Feminine energy is octopus brain. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's (laughs) everywhere, all places, all time. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why it's like, Very circular, Mm -hmm. right? We're talking about hip swaying. That's what I love about women, right? Our hips, Mm -hmm. it's like the parentheses that holds our mojo in place Mm -hmm. because your power center is between your belly button and your pubic bone. So, you know, the feminine energy is round, it's, you know, lush, it's constantly in motion, it wants everything. Mm -hmm. The masculine wants nothing Mm -hmm. and nothingness, right? That's why the feminine is like never satisfied. Yes. I was hoping that you were going to go there. Never satisfied. So you know, it's, it's really true. And I love when women are like, but I, you know, you'll get what you want. And they're like, but I really want, which is so upsetting, Mm -hmm. you know, to their sort of male counterparts with, they've done some wonderful thing that they think, you know, that they want. And then they're like, "Mm -hmm." because the, the feminine energy wants it just constantly wants. Mm-hmm. That's part of its nature. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's just what it is. Because a feminine quality is all about receiving. Yes. And so there's a
0: constant flow that wants to come in when it's unblocked, right? Yes.
1: And it's also constantly creating because mm-hmm. it's everywhere and, you know, all things. Yes. Yeah. So it's a both that reception and.
0: Yeah. So if there's a constant output,
1: there must be like a refuel yes. and a refill. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Which is why fill your own cup. Yeah. Fill your own cup first. So, you know, just getting back to, you know, the the difference, what I've noticed over numerous decades of doing this work is... Something called the masculinization of women. Mm -hmm. I raised my hand to that first, which is a huge reason why I started to do what I do selfishly because I was in pain. Because Mm -hmm. the amount of masculine energy that was running through my own body was so painful and so, such the antithesis to the natural state Mm -hmm. of what my body actually wanted, that honestly, in my mid 30s, I threw myself into early perimenopause. which thankfully I healed from Mm. naturally, which was great, but it was that severe. And I think, you know, with the eighties, the feminine, you know, Mm -hmm. the rise of like, you know, the power suits and, Mm -hmm. you know, women can do everything was great for many reasons, seventies, eighties, you know, all that. But what it did was it really threw us into this masculinization of women. And so we're at a point now, you know, getting into 2022 at this point, I mean, in our 21st century living, that we have to recognize we need both. Mm -hmm. And if you run one way more than the other, you're going to get in trouble. You're either physically going to get sick, emotionally sick or spiritually sick. Mm -hmm. So I think it's critical to learn to navigate how to flow between your own masculine and feminine energies. Yes. critical. I mean, what's one of, you know, when did you realize that this was super important?
0: You know, it's interesting. I don't think I realized it until I started to be with women intimately mm. that Ooh, say more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, well, I think that was the point when I realized that I could play with both. Um, I, you know, my husband and I went through a personal development course together when we were first dating and it was all about relationships and polarity. Mm. And so I had been with people that I didn't trust in relationships that like, you know, I thought I did that were monogamous, but I think that constant rigidity of like, am I safe? Um, you know, had me feeling just like I couldn't relax and be in my complete feminine and just be fully expressed. So I when I started dating my husband, I was like, wow, I can just like let go and be feminine. And then we took this course and it was just so freeing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that I had spent so much time in my masculine being sort of guarded Mm -hmm. and not letting myself receive because of things I was taught as a kid to keep me safe. Mm -hmm. Like my mom, not wanting me to be hurt or, you know, the things that women deal with on a regular basis are safety is, is always sort of, being potentially, I'm trying to think of the word, like we we're always at risk for being harmed, you know? Um, And it's not, I'm not saying I lived that way in like a constant state of like, oh, is someone going to rob me or rape me? But I grew up in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. You know, I took the subway every day. So I lived with that in my subconscious, not realizing it. And then I met Pasha and became fully expressed as a woman Mm -hmm. and that was when I was like, oh, this is what it means to be really feminine. Yeah, And then I started dating women and I was like, oh, I can sort of play with these qualities of masculine and feminine mm-hmm. energy. And it doesn't mean anything about me. It's just the experience that I want to have in this moment. Yes. And I can, you know, be more masculine in the bedroom with women and and sometimes even, you know, with, with men, I could, Mm -hmm. you know, match their energy or I could shift. And it's really fun to play because sometimes I do like to switch um, when I'm in the bedroom between like being dominant or being submissive. So that requires some more masculine energy and I could, yeah, I could go on. About yes. That
1: forever, but. Yes. It's true. Mm. That's a great example. Yeah. And the thing that, you know, I, I was really present to you when you were speaking to when, you know, you met Pasha and also what you were taught when you were growing up is here's the thing about feminine energy without a container of some kind, mm. it is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. so feminine energy you know just so think about like when you're with girlfriends right or you know just lots of feminine energy people and you try and make a dinner plan Mm -hmm. (laughs) forget it I mean give me a break Right. Like, please, it's like nothing's going to happen. Someone's got to like whip out their masculine energy and be like, "Okay, everybody, six o'clock, you know, Mm -hmm. at this place and I'll see you there. Here's the address. Right. Because otherwise nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. And it's all but it's because it's all over the place. So without that container of masculine energy, the feminine can get very just uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then again, it's like when you as you know, I'm just going to speak to it, as as many women, right? Have to create your own container all the time. That too is exhausting. Mm-hmm. And so, again, it, you're running your own masculine energy all the time. Yes. And so, this is also why mentorships are so great, or coaches, mm-hmm. or you know, having groups and any kind of container that you can give yourself, even a freaking timer and a schedule that you keep on your calendar. Is a container, and you'll notice when you have those in whatever part of your life that you're feeling kind of out of control, it allows then that feminine energy to flow more freely and more confidently.
0: Wow, I'm so grateful that we went here because I think this is such an actionable tool mm. and such a, a moment for you know my listeners to hear it's perfectly fine to spend your time in your feminine yes. if you set yourself up for success. Yes. Because I, I think that in the masculinization of women and society, and we live in a patriarchal you know, construct for the most part, people are afraid to spend so much time in their feminine, in their creativity, because they feel this, well, I might not get anything done. Like, I think many people are present to the fact that we can be you know, wild and chaotic, which is beautiful. But if you want to sort of produce in this world and put something out. And so I think that that is incredible. Like just simply using Clockify or having a coach and having some level of accountability so that you can have that beautiful dance and that balance between those two things. Exactly. Are there any other tools that you can share that? Because I, I just think it's so brilliant. Sometimes it's the very little things that make the hugest difference.
1: Yeah.
0: Anything else that you love for sort of staying in touch with the feminine and having-
1: Well, here's the thing also about feminine and masculine, right? So feminine energy for everybody, no matter what body you're in, lives from the neck down.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And our masculine energy is our neck up. Okay. Okay. So our mindset, which most people spend most of their time- in our heads, right? Mm -hmm. We all hear, oh, get out of your head, get out of your head, get Mm -hmm. out of your head. You see, your mojo lives in your body, Mm -hmm. right? And if you look at, I I love this example, when you look at, like I say, freshly squeezed humans, right? Little babies when you're just so little and you look at at every single one of us when we come back that way. And I always get a little emotional because I just think about, we all were like this when we first got here. Mm -hmm. You breathed deep in your belly Mm-hmm. You look at babies. You look at little children. There's no issue with their bellies. Yeah, breathing in the belly, and so deep belly breathing allows you to cultivate. It's the inner stoking of your mojo because mm. your mojo again, your power center is between your navel. And your pubic bone Mm -hmm. right goes from the front of the body to the back of the body, and as ladies, we have those parentheses called hips that hold the mojo in place. (laughs) Okay, and this is also why it's so magnetic and so intoxicating to watch women move Mm -hmm. and to watch women dance. You know, like when you get free in your body and you start to have that movement. Like it's all circular, Mm -hmm. and it's fascinating. If you look in nature, there are no straight lines in nature. Mm -hmm. Zero, none every straight line is human made. So everything in nature is a, a, a feminine energy, Yes. right? So anyway, getting back to cultivating our feminine energy, deep belly breathing, mm-hmm. right? This is one way to do it. So wake up in the morning before your feet ever hit the floor, spend 60 seconds, put your hand on your low belly and allow your belly to fill. So like you're pregnant with yeah. breath, which I got to tell you again, after a couple decades of teaching women how to deep belly breathe, because you think, oh, it's just deep belly breathing. No big fucking deal. Mm -hmm. It's a big fucking deal. Yeah. Because again, kinky life and the more kinks, the shallower and the shallower and the shallower our breath becomes Mm -hmm. until you're just breathing right up here and your shoulders are up by your ears and you're so fucking tense all the time. There's like belly, what belly, like Mm -hmm. body, what body. And again, feminine energy or masculine energy, whatever it is, I don't care, whoever you are, if you are not connected to your body, you will never be fully confident or as fully powerful in the world as you could be. Mm. Without, Without embodiment, you don't have the presence, you don't have the power, and you won't have the capability of all the gifts that you are here to bring. I'm, yeah. you know, is that, what's your Amen. experience of being, you know, that. getting like into the captivated.
0: body? Um, so much of it. I, I'm not my,
1: passionate about this at all, no, by I mean, the way. Just like, I have no feelings I'm about like, no, this.
0: <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's brilliant. And I, I just love the message too, behind it, that you can't be full yourself yourself, use all of your capacity and be as powerful as you're meant to be on this planet. If you're not accessing all of yourself, yeah. I think, you know, not to, to go back to what we were just talking about, but so many women are, are scared to express their femininity for fear of, you know, not being taken seriously or not, or, or just the shame that has come with maybe being feminine and getting sort of into trouble for it. Right. So I think, and and I'm, I'm sort of relearning my feminine even now at this stage in my life, um, because I shifted. When I started building my business, mm-hmm. like in my early 30s, into a lot of masculine, mm-hmm. just to like get it done and put it out, and I founded a nonprofit mm-hmm. and I was traveling the world, but I had all of these things that I, I had all these check boxes, right? And mm-hmm. it was like not very feminine, even though some of the things that I was doing were feminine in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you said like, what's it been for you? When I was younger, I danced all the time. Mm-hmm. I was a dancer from when I was three years old until college. Yeah, and i feel like that sort of maybe losing that piece of what was just such a common practice for me mm-hmm. that was like never thought about um it was just such a part of my life sort of losing that really is probably one of the reasons that i haven't been deep in my feminine and fully expressed i think in my 30s um I mean, and, and my listeners are probably like, what? But you're in an open relationship. Right. You like date a woman and all of this, but I'm still on a journey. I feel like I'm only life.
1: I mean, let's right. Let, yeah. I mean, let's be clear. It's also just to give ourselves grace because mm-hmm. our whole life is a journey. And hopefully, I mean, not everything would that, you know, we wake up enough to realize that it's all an evolution.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you're, you're constantly new, you know, I'm constantly new mm-hmm. at every new stage in my life and. Just to, yeah, have that. I appreciate that because it's a reminder to be gentle with myself mm-hmm. and know that, you know, and I hope everybody listening, like you can jump back into your practices. Yes. As soon as you realize like this used to really support me and I can get back in touch with it, mm-hmm. you know, go do it. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, or discover something else. Yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like myself for a long time, I would have these realizations and not put them into practice. And maybe that's a little bit of like you were saying, you need a little bit of a masculine container mm-hmm. to shift your energy and direct it. Yes, the masculine is about sort of direction um, and then flow into it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And just that, you know, for the next five days, you know, first thing in the morning, I'm going to allow myself for a minute to deep belly breathe mm-hmm. before I get out of bed. See how that goes, right? Mm -hmm. Like you give yourself that kind of a container. But I want to get back to something you were saying. It's like just comfort in your femininity, but it's like comfort in our own sense of sexuality. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I know this is a big topic here, which think about if you just go to a cafe or go out on the street if you're in a, you know, city that has people walking on streets, right? Mm -hmm. You, You can look and you can see who is comfortable in their body Mm. and who's not comfortable in their body, Mm -hmm. right? And we all know someone who is comfortable in their body, someone who's comfortable in their own skin is the most magnetic and the most attractive thing ever. Mm -hmm. I don't care what size you are. I don't care what color hair you have. I don't care, you know, big boobs, small boobs, ass legs, who Mm -hmm. gives a shit? Because somebody who's comfortable in their body is unbelievably magnetic. Absolutely. And that is, I think, something that we should strive for, not just for the magnetic part, although that's fantastic for, you know, partnering, attracting, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sex, all the rest of it. It's really important for your life and what you're looking to manifest in your life. Absolutely. Right? So that part of becoming embodied is a huge part of what mm. I'm obviously passionate about, and what how I support women. Yes, you know it's it's just mandatory at this point.
0: I I love that you bring up attraction, right? And how you know someone like that is magnetic, mm-hmm. and people will you know stop and sort of be captivated by yeah. by a person or, or or anything, even sometimes an animal, right? You're just like captivated by um, confidence and just presence with with oneself, with mm-hmm. that being, and I think that attraction is such an interesting thing because what it's doing for most people, um, especially if it's like, you're not, you know, queer or bisexual, but you have like a same sex attraction. And Mm -hmm. once you're willing to admit that, I think likely for many people, it's because it's an invitation to step into that for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's not even like I'm attracted to that person. Like I might want to go be with that person or I want to have an intimate or sexual experience with that person. It's like, I like the way I feel about me yeah. when I watch them or I can see like what's possible yes. for myself yes. when I see this woman dance that way or mm-hmm. speak that way or, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. just their beingness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we haven't talked about attraction a lot on the show, but it's it's a concept that I do want to talk a lot about because in the space of, you know, monogamy, monogamish to non-monogamy, mm-hmm. I, I love to let people know that it's inherent in your biology <laughs> to be attracted yes. to things and people. Yes. And just because you commit to someone for your life does not mean that that biological switch gets turned off. No. Um, you know, many people are just denying that in themselves for fear of hurting someone else or you know, they're, they're just going to turn it off because that's the sort of the the normativity that they've been, been born into. And so, you know, not that that's what we're talking about, but attraction for me is a huge topic Mm -hmm. that I, that I think when we are comfortable Mm -hmm. in expressing and owning our attractions, doesn't mean we're going to act on it, but it makes us more complete in ourselves.
1: Absolutely. Well, it also, this goes back to the kinks and you were Mm -hmm. saying, you know, what we grew up with and what was normative Mm -hmm. and also the societies and the cultures and the families that we grew up around. And so if we didn't have permission Mm -hmm. to even have, a conversation or say a word or express ourselves, even if we're like, oh, I like that. Then again, that's a shutting down and a turning down of the dial on your mojo, Mm -hmm. right? And anything that's repressed is going to end up coming out at some point, right? In some Mm -hmm. way. And Certainly if we're not talking about it or at least giving some kind of voice or again, a safe container for it, it's usually going to come out sideways Mm -hmm. and not be good. Yeah. Right. So I think also what you're speaking to, and I love this part because I talk about this a lot as well, is looking at yin yang, but light shadow, right? Mm -hmm. So both sides and we have all of it. And if we repress those attractions, we repress the shadow side, you're also missing out on so many of your own personal gifts Mm -hmm. and your own power again, because there's so much power in our shadow when utilized consciously. Mm -hmm. There's the difference between having awareness and also then just the complete unawareness of things. And I always say awareness without action is mental masturbation. Yes, that's one of the Kaganisms, right? <laughs> so I love that one. <laughs> I've read that one, right? So yeah, because we talked about this when I had you on mm-hmm. my show, and it's I, and I think this is is really key to to the point you just brought up.
0: Yeah, can you speak more to this? Because and I was hoping I'm like we, we're going to get here, right? The the intersection of sex and spirituality, mm-hmm. and I think like that's where the shadow work really comes in. Yeah. Um, what is your experience with women and? in your work and even maybe personally, um, and maybe what's been the biggest, I want to ask, like, what's been the biggest aha or shock maybe for you personally in the
1: intersection of sex and spirituality? The biggest shock. I'm I'm sure it'll come up. I'll think about it. But what, what just came to me was the time in my life where I needed a pause. Mm. And a lot of the reason, of course, I do this work is again, you know, it's like healer, heal thyself, mm. right? Yes. And so like, for those of you who are into astrology, you know, I'm a big astrology. We talk mm-hmm. about this a lot, but um, you know, I basically have Chiron on my son. So I'm like the walking wounded healer. Oh. And um, you know, so it's like, I go through these experiences, mm-hmm. go through the healing of them and then share with others. So others can mm-hmm. also heal.
0: Oh, cause you have Aquarius in your chart. I remember, right? I do, You've my designed- moon. Moved- I'm and I know you yes. are. I was, yeah, so I'm, all about the collective. Yes. i going to heal me and then focus on Ex- the world. Exactly. Yes.
1: Exactly. But you know, there was a time, so the first time I had sex, I was raped. Mm-hmm. And so this also, of course, no uh, surprise, I do what I do, mm-hmm. right? Because it was just part of the path that got me to that, yeah. right? Not one that I wish upon anybody else, but you know, so there was a lot of, weird messaging around sex Mm -hmm. in my own experience. And so there was a lot of, in my younger years, lots of sex, love sex. Mm -hmm. I've always loved sex. But, you know, there was a lot of like having sex not connected Mm -hmm. to my spirit and not connected to actually being in my body, Mm -hmm. right? And there was a moment I, it was after the divorce and I was there was like a lot of dating because, you know, all of a sudden freedom. And that was one area where, Um, in my, you know, in the marriage that it was just not quite working. And so all of a sudden I'm like having sex with this guy. And I literally, it was the weirdest thing. It was all of a sudden I got conscious and went, wait a minute, I don't even want to be doing this with this person. Like what the hell is happening? And so from there, I chose to, and I was also guided by a mentor of mine to go on um, a sabbatical, if Mm. you will, a sex sabbatical, Mm -hmm. but really it basically went celibate. And so the suggestion was six months and I ended up going for a year and a half, right? Because it was again, give the body a new experience to recreate itself. Mm. So that year and a half of celibacy and you know sex sabbatical allowed my system to get rewired enough to bring the spirit and the sex together. Mm. So the celibacy, by the way, the way that I was doing it was I could self-pleasure. I was going to ask. I'm like, are you still able to master? I could still self-pleasure. There wasn't like an abundance Mm -hmm. of it. But at the time, I was also really committed to having a G-spot orgasm. Mm. I hadn't had that before. Okay. And this, I don't know how many years ago. This is quite a while ago, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) And um, glass F- fabulous, you know, G-spot dildo, highly recommend yeah. for anybody who's you know, wanting to, who hasn't or wants to experience mm-hmm. a G-spot orgasm. And I'm not kidding. I saw God. Wow. I mean, like literally it was like the ceiling opened up. Mm-hmm. So there I am and frustrated by the way, because this was not the first time that I'd tried it, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, keep going, keep going. And then it felt uncomfortable mm. and I felt irritated and I felt tears. But again, remember, all our experiences are layered in our bodies, Mm -hmm. particularly if you've had trauma and sexual trauma. Mm. It's layered in your G spot, your cervix, Mm -hmm. and the walls of your vagina. Yep. Right. So the irritation was coming up, the sadness was coming up, the pain was coming up. And I said, just breathe, Deborah. I just, I heard that also. It was like, just breathe, keep going. And I just heard, keep going, keep going. And so I kept going. And it was like the slower, slower, and then finally, this eruption occurred—like mm-hmm. this absolute full-body, massive eruption. Like I literally, the light started to Im- come from the ceiling. I don't know, God, whether it was a—it was just a amorphous, you know, spirit, yeah, if you will—that right. came and laid down on my body, and then I just wept oh my for a good half hour. Wow. And that was the moment that I knew sex and spirit are always connected. Mm-hmm. They're never not connected and they're the same thing. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yes. Yeah. This story. So that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I have chills again. I've had chills like four times in this like little tiny bit that we've been talking. Yeah. And I really appreciate that because I think so many people are going to listen to this mm. and realize that sort of how we said it right in the beginning, the separation mm-hmm. the fragmentation of, of women and, and men too, from their sexuality Absolutely. and their nature as divine beings being two completely different things. Especially, I think if you grew up in sort of an organized religion mm-hmm. where it was like, this is wrong and bad, and this is what it means to be pure. And right. it's actually like, Purity is yourself without shame, as a complete being. And our sexuality is the basis of our nature, right? Literally, how we procreate and
1: yeah, procreate. We all got here because somebody had sex. Yeah. By the way, Mm. I mean, I know there are you know sort of infertility you know fertility stories, but the majority, again, of, of people on the planet got here because two people had sex. Yeah. So how can that ever be not connected to spirit. It's, it it is, it's, it's sort of mind
0: boggling that we've gotten so far away from this because, and I think, you know, in the work that you do, and I, I, I think I know in all of your studies of sort of sexuality and spirituality being one, that is what was practiced for for eons. And that's how people lived, you know, and the, the, the nature of what we know is like Tantra, I mm-hmm, guess, or like mm-hmm. the Tao. It's like, that was all one thing mm-hmm. and we have gotten away from it. But thankfully there are so many people that are still practicing yeah. it and bringing
1: this work to light the way that you are. Well, the, and the thing that I, that's screaming to come through right now is also to say, Hey, listen, you don't have to go and be a Tantra practitioner. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you want to, great, but you don't, you know, you don't have to. However, Whoever, the moments that you do have sex, just remember you are sharing energy. Everything's energy, mm-hmm. right? We, we agree on this. Yeah. <laughs> so I think most people can agree on this at this point. So you're sharing energy with this other human body that has their mojo, their spirit running through the body. Mm-hmm. And Whether you're with that person for an hour or you're with them for multiple years, just it's like have reverence, have fun, have respect, honor each other, right? Instead of getting into this like, oh, this is just a physical body and a friction fuck, which friction fucks are fine. But again, Mm -hmm. you can friction fuck with someone with reverence and respect, And then by the way you can walk away energetically and spiritually clean so then you don't have to constantly for particularly for you know people with yonies you don't have to constantly be cleaning your yoni out yes. from all sorts of funky junk yes. <laughs> right that you're collecting because mm-hmm. that's what will happen energetically yes oh my gosh that's a whole other so that's well, a whole okay, of, you're yeah. coming
0: back because okay. we don't <laughs> want to talk about that how <laughs> to keep the yoni pristine yes. <laughs> um but no i think that that what you're sharing is so important to hear, and what's coming up for me is like it's intentionality. Yes, it's presence and it's intentionality. Mm. And the moment that you feel like you can't be present to your own intention mm. and to the the experience, mm. and or your intention isn't able to be met for some some reason, um, and of course, there's like let's co-create, right? There's the other person has intention as well, but the moment that you aren't in it, it's like what are you actually doing? You're on mm. autopilot and you're in your auto programming, right. And then you're just perpetuating the kinks. Yeah. And so I love that. And thank you for sharing yeah. that incredible story. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, meeting God while having an orgasm. Is, oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's the goal, right? It's one of the greatest
1: <laughs> moments of my life. <laughs> I think that is an
0: amazing place to stop. Mm. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming in. My
1: pleasure. Thanks yeah. for having me.
0: That's a wrap, you guys. And it was so much fun. Please don't forget to leave us a review on Apple. Tell us what you loved about the show. And make sure you're following Open Late, the podcast on Instagram.
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.